<laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Welcome to our pod. <laughs> we in the pod. Okay. Um hi. My name is Haley. And I'm Craig. And uh a little bit about us. We're a couple that <laughs> lives in Brooklyn, New York. And uh we're both vegan and <laughs> creative and nice. <laughs> and we like horror movies. And yeah, we for some reason feel like <laughs> we have the authority and the audacity to start a podcast (laughs) (laughs) well i think we're pretty smart we pretty we like horror movies i studied film craig we i have a bachelor of fine arts degree craig has a bachelor of fine arts degree so you could say that we are artists and we are very smart and craig's a capricorn so he's very smart (laughs) Yeah, that's how that works. Yeah. (laughs) Basically, we wanted to start a podcast uh, initially to kind of go over and go through all of our favorite horror film franchises. So we've actually recorded a podcast, (laughs) a full episode of a podcast, uh, starting with Friday the 13th. But you don't need to know about that. You know, I mean... You know, I'm just giving some context. <laughs> um, we'll probably record, re-record that, but we never came up with a name for that. We also like didn't really come up with a structure, but we're back. We have a name, and we, we think I don't we know think. about it. We, I mean, you know, it might change. You know, this is just the pilot episode, so really anything could happen. Um, but this podcast is going to tentative, tentatively, tentatively be titled, be titled <laughs> murders per bag. Fuck. No, it's <laughs> <laughs> We're leaving gallons. That in. We're leaving that in gallons bag. Bag? <laughs> no. Gallon. Bags. It's gallon. Not gallons. <laughs> Not gallons. Gallon. Gallon. How many murders do you get per gallon of popcorn that okay. you buy with your admission to the movies back when you could see them in theaters and buy concessions? Uh, really, really contextualizing the time period this podcast is being recorded on because we can't go to movies right now. Exactly. Um, it's We're cosplaying <laughs> as moviegoers. <laughs> I wish we had There is popcorn. That we eat sometimes while watching the movies, but it's vegan popcorn that comes in a bag and it's overpriced. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> which is also similar to the popcorn at a movie theater. It's um, what was what is that popcorn called that we get? I want to. I call a it the plug. Buddha popcorn because there is a yeah graphic portrayal of 
Buddha. <laughs> Which Buddha. is probably Cut problematic. <laughs> Cut that. <laughs> okay, so our podcast is called... Murders per Gallon of Popcorn. Murders per Gallon of Popcorn. Or MPGP Podcast. MPGP Podcast. I feel like that sounds fun to me. Craig's unsure. (laughs) I think it's kind of hard to say. (laughs) And I think the um, little acronym is not that catchy. But, but. <laughs> maybe we could just force it. Yeah, I think, I don't know, you know, like... I like the concept. Yeah. Why don't you tell us where you got the concept? Well, we were watching this movie... That we're actually going to talk about. The yet-to-be-announced movie of discussion for tonight. <laughs> and I researched said movie... And found a review for said movie and a snippet of that review on the Wikipedia page referenced murders per gallon of popcorn. And I thought about it and thought it was clever. Yeah. And sounded funny and would is long enough to be an acronym. So. Yeah. That's <laughs> I ran with it. And, and uh, that movie <laughs> that, that was movie. reviewed. Is, should we say it at the same time? Is my, My bloody, bloody Valentine. Valentine. <laughs> 1981, there is a remake. Canadian slasher movie. <laughs> <laughs> Very important yes. that you know it's from Canada. Yeah, because uh, it's... Very Canadian. I would. I'm very curious if at the time that this movie came out in 1981, if people lived like the people live in this movie in Canada. I mean, <laughs> if this was, if I was Canadian and saw this in the theater in 1981, would this seem normal to me? <laughs> like, there's actually okay. Well, would I be thinking also about the Valentine dance? <laughs> Yeah, the okay. So just to kind of well, we're planning on releasing this our first episode of our podcast on Valentine's Day, um, and which is why we kind of chose this movie. Besides it just being a fun movie, but um, the town's obsession with Valentine's Day is very crazy. But I would also I would like to talk about that. Yeah. So. Do you think this town is called Valentine Bluffs? Mm-hmm. I don't know what a bluff is. Wait, va- it's... The town is called Valentine Bluffs, or Bluff. <clears throat> I don't know. I feel like a I'm... bluff... It. I know that uh, there was some... Um, there's some cliff action going on in that scene between... Just get a verification for me on... Okay. Uh, a bluff? Uh, no, on if... That's the name of the town. Valentine oh, I think Bluffs. it's Valentine's, like, plural. I think it's Valentine Bluffs. All right. All right, everyone, let's <laughs> put, it to, put it to a vote. Who thinks Oh, it's... Valentine's Bluff, I see. Oh, so Haley was right Haley got record. me on this one. Ding, and ding, ding. Bl- <laughs> <laughs> um, so a bluff for those who... <laughs> don't know is a broad rounded cliff 
so there we go. I don't know what part of Canada this is supposed to be set in. But... Is it even supposed to be set in Canada? Yeah. Is it a Canadian movie just about like what Canadians it's... think mining I mean... is in America, in well, like West Virginia or something? I don't know if it's supposed to be set in America. Cause Did I, you see I, any American flags? There's a lot of, like, I, <laughs> for context, I'm half Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I will say that whenever... <laughs> I'm actually a dual citizen, so, uh, (laughs) 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 so I know everything about Canada, um, but, can't wait to move there with you, (laughs) oh, so we can leave this (laughs) shithole country, um, so, yeah, Canada's not that much fun, uh, so, um, basically every time I would go to Canada, and I would visit my cousins. Where do they live? Burlington, I think. Um, they like we would drive, and they they all live in Ontario. I've only been to Ontario, but we would drive, and like there's so many coal plants and stuff. Like there's actually a lot more. Like I feel like when people think of Canada, they I I don't know. I'm assuming that people just think that it's like woods and wait in burlington canada yeah there are a lot of or on the way there like outside of toronto it's kind of an ugly wait 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 wait. so in burlington canada there's a lot of coal mines yeah so wait 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 so (laughs) would you say that it's a burlington coal factory (laughs) Yes or no? Craig, we're ending the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, continue. (laughs) The things that I noticed as a um, half half Canuck um, were a lot of boats, a lot of sorries. um, Soirees? Sorries. (laughs) Soirees. I'm sorry. I don't know what that <laughs> hairy fucking what's his face is all about. A boot. A boot. <laughs> the town is called Valentine Valentine's Bluff. Mm-hmm. That's our setting. So Bluff is a singular hill. <laughs> is there one hill? Because I th- no. I thought it was reversed. I thought it was Valentine Bluffs, which seems to make more sense to me. But, so, Valentine is a person who possesses this bluff. So. Wow. (laughs) So, um, that's curious. (laughs) But I'm wondering, did, is Valentine's Day the holiday? Does that originate from here? What is the meaning of Valentine's Day? Okay, wait, do you not know this, actually? No, I don't. (laughs) Okay, so, I actually All I know is that there's some sort of, like... Okay, I feel like I learned this, but I forgot about it. So, maybe I should just Google it. But before I do, I'm just going to say that I know it involves, like... A Saint Valentine who, like, sacrifices life or something. 
And then I don't know really what... Wait, who sacrificed his life? Yeah, it's like some kind of... Okay. Maybe it's saying Valentine's Bluff as like a double entendre for the hill and also lying. Maybe yeah, it's St. Well, Valentine's lie. Well, that would make sense. <laughs> that would make sense for the killer to be... That thematically relates more yeah. to a, a killing spree. Yeah. To me. Even though I don't know anything about this saint, mm-hmm. if he exists. Okay. Dude. <laughs> um. Anyways, the Valentine's... town is obsessed with Valentine's Day. Wait, don't you want to know what I Valentine's do, Day I do want to know the meaning okay. of Valentine's All Day. Right. Can Before it be we go... summarized quickly? Yes. The holiday has origins in the Roman festival of Lupin... Held in mid-February, the festival which originated comes, okay, coming of spring included fertility rate rights and pairing off women and men by lottery. So yeah, I mean matchmaking yeah, and so the coming right. of spring so that people can make babies. Yeah, something like that. And I don't know, like the Saint Valentine story, but honestly. I don't really care. So I always, you know, <laughs> growing up, I would hear people say Valentine's Day isn't a real holiday. It's just a holiday that was made up by card companies to sell Valentine's Day cards. Yeah, I feel like that's like a line from uh, Five Hundred Days of Summer or something. Is it? I I can believe that. <laughs> Or, like, Eternal Sunshine or something. Yeah, that's I like... could totally believe that. So, And I did believe that is where, what I'm getting to. I, I just kind of assumed that, yeah, it's just some bullshit holiday. Yeah. What was when... Okay. Honestly, when... not a huge fan of Valentine's <gasps> Day. I like Valentine's I'm, Day. I always like spending it with Haley. Mm. I'm, I'm always excited to spend time with Haley. But Valentine's Day is a holiday. Ugh. This is going to be our second Valentine's Day together. And last Valentine's Day, we went to a really fun place called Double Zero. And we sat next to the probably like the most obnoxious couple in New York City. I think like the girl had just started like eating more of a like plant-based diet <laughs> and the guy like was it's a like, vegan pizza place yeah it's a vegan pizza place um where vegan where is it is <laughs> it in the east side L- east yeah village? i think it's in the east village but i honestly it, i remember it was cold as fuck and um i was wearing like a skirt <laughs> but we were like right next like right next to this couple and i i also i love how this like special day for me and Craig turned into like us just shit talking this up. Yeah, somehow (laughs) somehow sitting right next to this couple like my shoulders were touching this guy's shoulders (laughs) like we were sitting together basically. Yeah. Somehow Haley and I managed to still talk shit about these people. (laughs) I don't know how they had to have heard. Yeah. we were I like, had to have oh known something was afoot because we were talking shit. In, I think... in some, maybe we were like telepathically communicating. Yeah, I feel like we were just like looking at each other and like, oh my god. I think the thing that was just the most... lots of eye rolls. Yeah, the, mo- <laughs> the thing that was the most cringe is like the thing the guy just kept making like the. Des- so you're telling me this cheese is made out of nuts or like you're telling me this bacon's like not actually no, I swear, bacon. Like, I swear to you, 
he said, I just couldn't give up bacon. Yeah. I like bacon too much to go vegan. I'm like, dude, did you genuine, is this a genuine thought you had? Or are you like projecting masculinity in some weird bacon masculinity? Like maybe you saw like a Christmas or not a Christmas card, like a greeting card that said men or t-shirt that said, I like bacon or bacon is life or something. And now you think that like, that's something you should also say, or do you just genuinely really fucking like bacon that much that you're like, I literally saying on a date, I could never be vegan because I like bacon. I feel like people that, um, I feel like there's just people that make eating bacon their entire personality. <laughs> definitely um and another for thing, a while oh, people did that with avocados too, yeah we're not vegan <laughs> let's Vegans not talk shit immune. about the vegans it's hard anyways this is me and Craig's first valentine's anyways. day <laughs> and what we're doing this valentine's day is we're going um up the hudson up the hudson on a couple's rendezvous to newburgh New York, which is right by Beacon and Storm King, and we're gonna have a nice little getaway, and I'm excited for that. An upstate rendezvous. An upstate rendezvous. Romance will ensue. <laughs> um, so I guess we should talk about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I was trying to get to when we got on a tangent about Valentine's Bluff, Valentine's Bluff, is that I think it is supposed to be meaning the both meanings of bluff, by the way. Yeah. But I wanted to talk about this town has an obsession with Valentine's mm-hmm. Day. Unlike any other town i've ever seen honestly yeah and i guess it's because the name it just makes sense like if your name if the name of your town had like halloween in it halloween town i think you would celebrate halloween like go really hard for it i mean there is a there is a movie where that's (laughs) (laughs) there's literally (laughs) so Anyways, they're obsessed with Valentine's Day. But I don't see any reason that this town should be named... Like, I feel like Valentine's Day is named after this town. Because why would you name a town after Valentine's Day when it's just a mining town? Yeah, it's (laughs) it's very weird. Um, I'm confused by the obsession with Valentine's Day. Honestly, I feel like it was just kind of like the 80s and they were like okay we let's make profit. let's make like every single thing scary so we already have like a camp one christmas. we have a we have christmas no we no have... no no it's so black christmas and then halloween mm-hmm. and then there's uh friday the 13th and my bloody valentine which is a valentine's day slasher mm-hmm. so it's like christmas halloween valentine's day friday the 13th there's just like date and holiday specific movies you know and something funny about uh, this is just like a random thing i noticed in the movie because they have like the little like 
showing the date at the bottom of the screen or whatever. So like it's oh, set like cool. a few days before this the Valentine's Day, which is on a Saturday, because um they showed the bottom and it goes Friday, February fourteenth. And I was like, Oh my god, like Friday the thirteenth. No, it's thirteenth. Oh, yeah. Fuck. It was I, Friday the thirteenth and the next day <laughs> was Valentine's was... Day. February 14th, yeah. Valentine's Day. Yeah, that's what I meant. Which I never <laughs> thought about the fact that that is a possibility, and it's yeah. a funny coincidence. that yeah. they And it's funny that they were smart enough to, you know, remember that mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the 14th. Like, there's only like, one day that can follow the 13th, and there's only one holiday that yeah. can follow Friday the 13th, you know? So, I feel like that was, like, a little nod but it was totally yeah totally this movie is not at all what i expected i have yeah. never seen this movie before we watched it i'd never seen the remake i knew it was a slasher movie and i knew it was supposed to be a good one i didn't know it was canadian i didn't know the setting the setting is crazy the setting for this movie makes the movie almost i'm like this is so weird this is a place i never thought i would go yeah it's like, really cool. While watching the movie, I'm like, does this director or like writer just know a lot about mining? Like, how would did they have to go research miners? It just blows my mind <laughs> to think about having a slasher movie in this setting of all settings because it seems so unrelatable to mm-hmm. most people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. And my kind of like context for this movie is I mean I had never seen this I did I also didn't know any of the things that Craig didn't know I did watch the remake in <laughs> high school um with <laughs> I we rented it from Blockbuster and it was me my friend Devin Nikki I think it was just Devin and Nikki and we were drinking like we were drinking um, vodka mixed with, like, have you ever had Fuse? Like, no. it's kind of like a weird kind of, like, fruit smoothie, but it's, like... Oh, wait, maybe. It's, like, not thick. It's just, like, juice. Is that, like, a smoothie, Sobe? Like, <laughs> I guess it could... It, it's in the same... It's in the same genus as Genius. MPGP. MPGP. Um... But, yeah, we watched it, and I don't remember anything about it, but there was a minor killer, and that's pretty much all I remember. But um, I think that uh, me and Craig are going to watch it before we record the next podcast, so we'll just talk very briefly, probably not briefly, about that whenever we do watch it. Um, So, yeah. Um, Also... Like, Craig looked up a bunch of facts before this, and I was kind of, like, taking notes as he was <laughs> telling me about all the stuff that he researched. And, um, this movie was, like, um, very shocking and controversial, and I wrote, because it's Canadian and violent. <laughs> <laughs> and violent. Um, I, I think there's something to that, though. Yeah, I mean... Having like... never been to Canada and definitely not equipped to make this sort of assumption, <laughs> I would say that my assumption about Canadians and horror movies is that they're pretty tame. They probably weren't used to seeing violence like this. Yeah. 
maybe they were more sensitive to it even than American audiences. But <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it seems I notable. Know. I don't even know. It seems notable that mm. though that it was banned and cut a lot. The violence was cut from it yeah. a lot. Yeah, lots of off-screen deaths. Lots of off-screen deaths. But great. Uh, I would say this movie shines in um, body reveals. <laughs> The body reveals are always shocking and scary. A part of me feels like it's just the time period. Mm -hmm. And also, if it was looking to movies like Halloween and Black Christmas, those aren't particularly, like, gory or, like, inventive with their kills. You know, it's usually just, like, strangle, stab with the knife. So it's it's more than that. Yeah. I would say it goes past kills. that and you do see some blood. Yeah. There were definitely some creative yeah. kills. I wish they showed more. Uh, okay, but we're about to get into this, but I just want to say the first like cold open of the movie, if you will, the first 5 minutes or mm-hmm. whatever. There's a kill in that first opening sequence that's pretty fucking gruesome and it's very I thought that was very well acted it yeah it like drew me in immediately because he's wearing this black mining mask you're it's this woman being undressed also in the mask she has a heart over tattoo over her heart on her boob this guy this guy's wearing a mask all black with a hose she like strokes the hose this looks like some BDSM like fetish fantasy and then he stabs her onto a pickaxe that's behind her it goes through well oh wait before he does this he honks her boob and she tries to take his mask off and he says no (laughs) (laughs) i don't know why she's trusting this man but then he stabs her onto she probably knows him but she's obviously never seen him before because he didn't want to take the mask off. Hmm. I don't know. She doesn't know who's in the ma- under the mask. I don't know. But I anyway, she stabbed. She gets stabbed through the back, through the boob, through the heart tattoo, and then the movie. <laughs> My stars. bloody Valentine. Yeah, and a really cool logo. Yeah. The O's and bloody are replaced with hearts that drip blood, and that's, like, the opening sequence. It was very cool. Yeah, I liked it. Um, I really liked that opening, cold open, opening sequence. Yeah. So, we just kind of are still trying to figure out the structure of this. Yeah. Um, I think that it's a little important to just say... Maybe just, like, a quick summary of the plot so that we can go back and, like, kind of talk deeply. But I might just record this whole thing and we decide not to put it in. But it's all good. Um, I'm just going to start. We already kind of did the synopsis, so I'm just going to skip that. So after the title, we're introduced to the town. We see this whole town valentine's bluff um is decorated it all in valentine's 
themed. I, I swear. Hearts everywhere. They painted the buildings red. It, or at least the buildings were already red. Because yeah, I noticed was... there were a lot of buildings with red facades. And I even tried to make another dad joke and said, paint the town red yeah. or something like that. <laughs> While we were watching the movie. But, yeah, oh, they so... fucking love Valentine's Day mm-hmm. in this like in this small sleepy miners ta- town. In this small town where they never want anyone to leave, where they never want anyone to do anything but mine. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so we're introduced to like all of the characters. It's the day sort of starts um with all of the men, the twenty something I like to just call every like group of young adults teens so i'm just gonna call them teens even though they're obviously like pro- they're probably like college age i would say but they well they didn't leaving. go to college they w- worked in the mines i mean <laughs> they're minors they minor true. age they're okay, minors yeah you're right that's actually i feel like it's, they're not college i feel like age, it's classes to, it's classes to assume that oh gosh uh anyways this group of 20-something minor men are leaving work um, to go to a laundromat and to meet the whole cast of uh, citizens of Valentine's Bluff. They are preparing for a Valentine's Day dance, the first Valentine's Day dance that has happened in 20 years. We're introduced to basically all of the characters that we care about. We're introduced to the mayor, the police chief, Jake, Mabel, who's an older woman who owns the laundromat, and our cast of teens, who include TJ, the bad boy mayor's son, who left the mining town to go out west but failed, and now he's back working at the mine. Sarah, who is TJ's love interest. Axel, who is the boyfriend of Sarah and uh, TJ's frenemy. Um, Howard, who is the goofball. And a few other teens that we're going to get into later. But but I want to note um, our favorite teen is Hollis, who is giant and has a mustache. mustache. And we lo- love him, and he, I want to be his friend. <laughs> so, then we are, okay, so after. Hollis, wait, hold up. <laughs> right, we gotta, <laughs> we gotta circle back. Hollis, Hollis is the type of dude you just want to know. <laughs> his energy, his aura like, is. if I knew Hollis, like, if he ever came up in conversation with friends and he wasn't around, I'd be like, man, he's a good dude. <laughs> like, that's the type of he dude. He seems I- like such a nice guy. He see- <laughs> he's the most Canadian thing about this movie. <laughs> Honestly. Hollis is basically Canada in human form. <laughs> he's cool. Okay, um, <laughs> so... After um, we are introduced to all the characters, um, the mayor and police chief, 
drive off. Um, they're in the car. They, like, got a little Valentine's Day heart, and the mayor's giddy as fuck, and then he opens the box, and it has a human heart. <laughs> he thinks he's getting chocolate. He's like... Yeah, he's like, oh, who get chocolate Valentine's Day? That's my favorite candy. But <laughs> it's also funny. I'm not... I'm just realizing that, like, this mayor... So, upon seeing the human anatomical, like, bloody heart in the box, the cartoon heart-shaped chocolate box, he sees it and immediately says, oh, no, it's happening again. And I'm like, dude, if this is something that's happened to you before, don't you think you would be suspicious of any Valentine's Day box you get? that you're not sure who it came from. Yeah, like, that's true, especially if opens... it's the first time that they're really celebrating. I don't know why they're he deciding that they're balling see... out for Valentine's Day. He's, like, so sure there's chocolate in this box. I'm like, dude, if I opened one box of chocolates that had a heart in it, I don't care if I've opened a hundred boxes of chocolates fine before that. Once that happens, I'm sus- I'm s- every box Trauma of chocolate for life. is suspect. Trauma for life. Every box of chocolate, I'm like, I'm going to be prepared. Yeah. <laughs> um. So along with the human heart comes a deadly message to cancel the Valentine's Day dance or else. No, yeah, it doesn't really say it. Okay, whatever. So later that evening, uh, Mabel, the owner of the laundromat, uh, gets... A little Valentine, and she's like, "Ooh, is it from the police chief named Jake?" She's like, "Ooh, Jake," and then it was like she read it. Okay, I remember this rhyme. the The rhyme that Mabel reads is, "Roses are red, violets are blue, one is dead, and you are too." Yeah, that's a. Good and then one. she was like, <gasps> and then the killer shuts off the lights. And we see a man in a full-blown, like, minor outfit. The same person as before in the cold open. And he turns out all the lights. And um, all you see is the flicker of his head flashlight thing while he brutally murders Mabel. Um, wee. <laughs> And then, um, after that, Jake goes to the laundromat and he discovers Mabel's burned body in a dryer. And the skin is, like, shriveled yeah. and she's, like, seemingly still alive. Mm-hmm. But dying. Yeah. It's gross. <laughs> it was, that was fucked up. Yeah. Like, I felt. I know you had the complaint that um, you felt like the gore was cut too much, which I agree, but it's still kind of. There's yeah. some moments. Where... I will make an amendment to that, which is saying that every body that was discovered was like really gruesome and horrifying. <laughs> like it was like, like this sweet old woman's body was burnt to a crisp yeah. from a dryer, and you could see like the blisters <sighs> and stuff on her skin. It was really gross. Also, that's <laughs> the first kill that you see where I'm like, 
wow, these kills are kind of creative. Yeah. He, like, shoves her in a dryer to kill her. Or at least that's what he does to her. Yeah. Like. Her body. Yeah. She might have already gotten her heart cut out because he does that. Anyways. Yeah, yeah. But, but the creative kills continue. Don't yes. you worry. <laughs> don't don't you worry, dear listener. Uh, the dance gets canceled, and the teens gather at the local watering hole. The bartender tells the story. <laughs> the bartender tells the story of Harry Warden, who um, basically the it kind of reveals this man who 20 years ago um which was the last time they had a town valentine's day dance the two like managers of the mine or whatever i forget like their exact role they were supposed to wait they're supposed to wait and like check the uh the mines mines and like the gas levels to make sure that like, everything was safe so that the miners could, like, leave, but they wanted to get to the dance, so they didn't do... They didn't properly and safely, like... Check the methane le- levels yeah. and make sure that they could get out all right. So there was, like, a cave-in, and then, um, like, five men got buried alive, and then one man survived, and it was this hairy warden dude, and he was, like... He survived by, like, eating human flesh and shit. And then, um, a year later... He killed both of the managers um, the night of the Valentine's Valentine's Day Day dance. So then ever since then, there hasn't been a Valentine's Day dance. So the bartender tells the whole story, and then all the teens are like, literally, he says the story. Everyone's shook as fuck. And then Howard the Goof goes, (laughs) (laughs) and everyone laughs. (laughs) Including me. (laughs) Classic fart gag to just ease the tension so um. it's interesting though that so the bartender ex- gives all that exposition about the town history and s- such and it's also a red herring that we find out later I don't or know. is it i don't know if i should <laughs> spoil that yet it gives you the idea that harry warden is anyways the back in town. the bartender gives all this exposition we don't see any of that, like, really, except for there's, like, a little flashback where mm-hmm. they see them discovering the mine and, like, the two wardens leaving their post. Yeah. That's the, what we see in the flashback. In a very, like, I, I noticed this seemed but, almost like a, like, it was very artistic. Anyways, what I'm trying to say is I would want to see that movie. Just uh, for, maybe the My Bloody Valentine's Day remake is like that okay i doubt it but that would be cool to just see like that guy's story yeah it could be its own slasher movie it could be but instead the story goes much stranger places yeah which we will uncover as we continue our discussion of the plot (laughs) 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 so after um howard's hilarious fart gag killer he fucking slays the entire bar um 
Is that when he's also covered in blood or no? No, that was, that was the first. He does a gag early on where he's like. To Mabel, right? Blood. Yeah, to Mabel. Or Rest your soul. Maybe it, yeah, it's to her. And the mayor and the police chief. So the gang decides to throw their own Valentine's Day party. And while the bartender tries to play a prank on them by beating them. Oh, they're like, let's just do it at the mine rec room. So they're like, fuck yeah. So the bartender hears this and he's like, okay, I'm going to go fuck with them. And he uh, gets murdered and we'll go into his kill later on. So. So, yeah, we go, our cast of characters takes a trip down to the mine because the mayor has shut down the dance. Yeah, and so, they don't know why. Like, they don't know that there's, like, a killer. He's trying to cover up yeah. the killings that have happened so far, which is so dumb. That's what they all fucking do, because they're like, oh, we don't want to, like, cause a panic or anything, like, and all this stuff, but if you're just, like, honest, then The killer's avoid... one motive is don't have... It was fine it's... for 20 years. Well, yeah. no. <laughs> that's what they think. Yeah. Um... So, basically, um, the kids start partying, uh, the first killings happen, one guy gets, we're gonna go into these later, so I'm just gonna kind of, like, glaze over it for now. One guy gets drowned in a boiling hot dog water. (laughs) (laughs) Death by hot dog water. (laughs) I love that kill. iconic. Um, and a girl gets impaled on a shower head. Hollis, Sarah, (laughs) Patty, and a couple named Michael and Harriet, and Howard, go down into the mines shortly after the bodies of the two people that were killed are discovered and the group leaves in a panic tj and axel go down to the mines to save the day michael and here and i'm just again glazing through glazing Gla- <laughs> glazing or blazing <laughs> blazing glazing is like a donut but i'm glazing i want to go with it, it. Okay, I'm just gonna. Uh, I'm go. glazing over. This is gonna be a. <laughs> this is gonna be a um, a catchphrase of the podcast. Yeah. All right, let's glaze on through now. Let's glaze it through. Um. So, out of all the people that went down to the mine, to, <laughs> to the mine, Michael and Harriet get impaled. Hollis gets nailed. Howard gets hung. <laughs> Axel and TJ both have off-screen disappearances. And Patty gets hit in the stomach with a pickaxe. Sarah is the final girl and gets reunited with TJ. Then ensues a chase scene with the two final characters and the minor killer until they face off with him inside a small alcove that leads to some kind of abandoned tunnel. After some shit gets... Wait, sorry to interrupt you yet again. It's okay. But I (laughs) want to say, I don't think we emphasized enough that... TJ returning from wherever he was is a big plot point. Yeah. And it creates a love triangle in that when TJ lived in Valentine's Bluff, he, his girlfriend was Sarah, and they were dating or whatever. Mm-hmm. They were, like, in love. TJ gets this wild hair on his ass that makes him think he's gonna move to california and be an actor or something yeah we don't ever (laughs) something like that he's just like he moves to california i guess he's gonna pursue his dreams but anyways he comes crawling back with his tail tucked between his legs 
to daddy and dad's like the mayor right or yeah so, and the mayor is like nah he's gonna work in the mine yeah he's gonna any boy of mine that's gonna live in valentine bluff is good enough to work in the mine just as good as any man <laughs> so he comes back and every male every um able-bodied male works in the mine yeah so and most of them are like mid-20s I would assume our teens. <laughs> our teens are in their mid twenties. So, so um, our teens are adults. Anyways, there's a huge love triangle. Like yeah. it's central to the plot. It I is. would say it was at first. It appears as a subplot to the Harry Warner. Is that his name? Harry. Yeah. It it Harry. seems like a subplot that doesn't mm-hmm. matter, but it ends up being crucial. Yeah. And it's sort of implied, so when, I mean, like, as soon as, at this point in the movie, well, let's actually go, okay, I'm going to finish the summary, and then we're going to get our, like, kind of impressions of the movie, because then after I finish the summary, we can just, we can just, like, talk about it freely without having to worry about yeah. it, over-explaining it, you know what I mean? True. Okay, so... But that was a good thing to bring up because that's, like, a really important thing. So, basically, it's revealed that the killer ends up being Axel. And when we get that reveal, we literally, like, see his face and then we watch, like, a flashback of him as a kid. Um, And it turns out that one of his... One of his dads. His dad. (laughs) Not, I mean, you know, maybe. I see what you're saying, though. Axel's father is one of the guys who, one of the wardens Mm -hmm. who was not on their post, went to the dance too early. Yeah. And left all those people in the mine. So they're responsible for the trauma that the killer had to go through. Yeah. And and so when the killer got his revenge... This kid Axel witnessed he was in it the all, room. yeah, and then grew up knowing, yeah, just um, holding that in, mm-hmm. which motivated the his whole kill, thing. His whole thing. It's yeah. like a sick cycle. Cycle. It's like a sick cycle. <laughs> what am I trying to say? A sick fucking secular cycle. Cy- 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 <laughs> cy- <laughs> Are you having a stroke? <laughs> Cyclical. <laughs> Cyclical. So, <laughs> basically. The police and everyone, like, the whole fucking town goes down to the mine to save everyone. And, like, the cave collapses. We assume that Axel's dead for, like, two seconds. And then, for some reason, Sarah's like, I need to see him. What the fuck? (laughs) Which, like, if I found out that this fucker was killing all my friends and Mabel and Hollis. (laughs) Hollis. Hollis. Like, I would not want to see that fuck boy, but I guess Sarah, I guess the dick was good, because she was like, I need to see him again. How and did he die? He, okay, so. Wait, what are you saying? She needed to there, see. There was, like, a tunnel collapse, and, like, the police were, like, going in and stuff. Oh, yeah. And she's like, no, no, I can't, I have to look at him again, like, to make sure he was dead, or, I don't know. And, um. I remember now. 
we see that he escapes through a different like area of the mine and he's well, he it's, escapes. It's not necessary. I don't think we watch him. No, he runs off, but yeah. I don't necessarily think there's an exit. I think he's trapped in the mine oh, like, like he was escaped. before. Yeah. I think it's but that's but it is open enough to where you could assume like there is a chance he could escape. Yeah. Which I think they did that because they wanted to leave it it open in case it was a success and they could make a sequel or something if there was interest. That's true. But since it is the only movie, I would assume, like, he was just trapped in there like his father trapped Mm -hmm. the one guy, you know, trapped in the mine. Which is So he's just there to go... He's just there to go crazy, you know? And it's also, like, folklore, kind of. It's like the guy trapped in the mine... And he, um, just went from, like, zero to, like, maniac crazy boy. Yeah, he's <laughs> and laughing. He, he's like, <laughs> and Laughing like, hysterically he's like, and rhyming. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Sarah, be my bloody valentine. The titular line. And then the movie ends. There's a few things we can talk about. We can talk about. Since we just talked about the end. I want to start here by saying this movie and the original Friday the 13th or like, yeah, the original one are very similar to me because the killers are both not revealed until late in the movie. Mm -hmm. The killers have this motive. They're killers with a motive, unlike Michael Myers or like Leatherface who are just seemingly killing Mm -hmm. but it's like pamela Voorhees kills because she's trying to avenge the death of her son Son who died who died in a tragic way this movie is this it's more complicated but it's this guy's killing because he's had to live with the trauma of seeing his father murdered by a guy who went insane and ate a bunch of people in a mine because of what his father did. And he's got this whole crazy... He needs to be psycho-evaluated after that. But but, There's a lot to unpack with Axel. Yeah, Axel has a lot to unpack, but he still has a motive in that he experienced this trauma and he's now repeating these murders that the person who murdered his father was doing mm-hmm. it's weird to think about. yeah I, haven't really thought of it. I mean but that's also very like i feel like in the 80s people were obsessed with slashers and stuff mm-hmm. because they were obsessed with finding out about why people kill and shit so yeah they come up with crazy reasons yeah why, like just insane reasons that someone would need to kill a bunch of people. So that's one of them. Is <laughs> the my yeah. bloody <laughs> like all right? Picture this. <laughs> yeah, it's we Valentine's are... <laughs> Bluff. <laughs> Valentine's Saturday, Day. February fourteenth. Valentine's Hearts. <laughs> but yeah, it's very. I think this movie is very similar mm-hmm. to Friday the Thirteenth. They just swapped out the settings, like mm-hmm. instead of camp setting. Which could also be very unfamiliar to people, depending on where you're from. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're like, let's do a mine and let's do this. Which and it's cool that they did that, though. I think it's weird. It's different. This movie could have just been 
another camp slasher, but now it's Valentine's Day or something, you know? Like, yeah. It, it could have just been, like, a suburb slasher, but Valentine's Day, like, Halloween. But, no, it's in a mine. <laughs> it's, it's it in, is It cool. also gives the killer an iconic look and mm-hmm. sound mm-hmm. and weapon. So, it, at first it seems crazy, but now thinking about it, it's just kind of like they just made a good choice. Yeah. So, like, my impression of the killer and, like, his motives, this was before viewing, like, before we finished the movie, um, you know, it's like this scary miner who hates Valentine's Day dances because of... Like, you know, we just are kind of set up to think that it's Harry Warden. So it's like, oh, yeah, this guy's like has like revenge about Valentine's Day and blah, 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 blah. And I wrote um, that he's a victim of capitalism. <laughs> would you agree with that? Or that is that Harry a Warden is? Yeah. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, I think I might have just been on one. <laughs> no, but I think no, I think you, there's something to that because yeah. his bosses are like cutting corners for their own self gain. This like shitty thing happened to this guy on the job. I mean, this is mm-hmm. an exceptionally shitty thing, and yeah. that he had to survive for six weeks in a mine off of the corpses of his co-workers <laughs> in the mine that's like if you had to eat tim <laughs> yeah <laughs> shout Tim's out to tim. <laughs> Tim's thing to protect his idea. Oh but yeah so it's like or disgruntled worker <laughs> it could be like a disgruntled worker yeah. murder tale but after viewing, that's interesting. <laughs> um, and Axel is the killer who, like, I just want to, like, I, you know, I went over the plot, but like, Axel is like, it's like, okay, there is TJ who's like the bad boy. There's Sarah, who is the love interest, and Axel who is the like hometown boy. Like he's like. It seems like he's kind of the hero at the beginning, but then it sort of, like, switches, and I would say that, like, as soon as... I wouldn't... Well, I don't know. I mean, it's it's definitely, like, TJ's the main character. At first, they do make TJ... They make TJ out to be the killer at first, because he's disappearing yeah. whenever mm-hmm. the killings happen. Yeah. And they do... They definitely do that on purpose, and they say... He's just returned, and these killings just start happening. True. And his motive would be, well, this guy stole my girlfriend. This is true. So they make him out to be the killer, but then they flip it and reverse it on you. Yeah, I would say as soon as, um, I would say, like, there's a scene, like, kind of in the middle of the party, I think, like, where Axel discovers that TJ and Sarah, like, made out earlier that day or something, where he, like, leaves and he's, like, starting to cry and shit. Ever since then, and I noticed that TJ was literally in the party the whole time. Like, every time, like, it wasn't, like, there was no, like, implying that he left, but with Mm -hmm. Axel, like, he left and came back and blah, 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 
And I was like, ever since then, I was like, I have a feeling that it's going to be Axel. And I feel like they were, like, really leaning heavily that, like, TJ was just, like, this, like, reluctant hero. You know what's kind of funny? What? Is the character's name is Axel, and the killer kills people with a pickaxe. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Like, why is his name Axel? (laughs) Damn. We should have seen that coming way earlier. (laughs) Um, Yeah, like, what do we think of, since it's like, so like, you know, we kind of like went over what we think about, like, Harry Warden and his stuff like what do we think about like Axel as the killer like do you like when you found out that Axel was the killer were you like were you like not what do you think I don't think Axel is necessarily a notable killer like the, the killer in my bloody valentine to me is Axel in the get up Mm-hmm. But that's almost like a different person. You know what I mean? It's like the reveal of Axel as the killer is very underwhelming because it's also hard to just believe that he would be constantly going around a corner, mm-hmm. switching into this costume, coming out, killing people, taking it off, coming back. <laughs> like, it's, it's just ridiculous. So, yeah. it's like he's the killer, but... in they just have to say that, you know, it's like, okay, that's the killer. You know what I mean? <laughs> They're like, like, yeah, we got it. And, and yeah. his motive is a little, like... It's a little... It's a little bit far-fetched just mm-hmm. because it's like, why would he emulate the killing style of the person who killed his father that he witnessed? Like, mm-hmm. that killer, Harry Warden was ripping out the hearts of people in a mining outfit. Why would the son who witnessed his father die that way like take on that persona of the killer, Harry? Das trauma, baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Slogan of <laughs> So I think printed on a t shirt. I think Axel his him being the killer is only useful mm-hmm. in that Just, upon first viewing it's slightly unexpected yeah uh, into up to a point and it ties the it ties the movie in a nice little bow a little valentine's day gift where you're just yeah it's <laughs> it's supposed to be like a surprise yeah and it kind of is. I mean, it like, is. It's just I was guessing for most of the movie. Who yeah, I would. Kill it, and I yeah. wasn't sure. Positive. Mm-hmm. I would like. <clears throat> it's just Chad. Uh, <laughs> Chad. Um, Axel is such a Chad that I feel like when he was like revealed and like I just. Uh, I was like, I mean, like I knew it was kind of coming, and I was just like, I think. There were little hints about it that I and I liked how the movie kind of like gave us little hints. It's like, okay, these two guys are going down and they're separating, so it could be TJ or it could be Axel. And they it's do fun, it's engaging, it's a fun, it's a it's fun. Like, I you know, and I think like maybe I shouldn't be so like disappointed that Axel's a killer because it was fun to watch and see, like, okay, like. 
is he actually, am I right about this? Like, or am I wrong about TJ? Or That's why stuff, I'm kind of so. glad this movie is a standalone and mm-hmm. didn't have a franchise behind it. Because... To our knowledge, I mean, is there actually mm, not a My Bloody Valentine 2? I'm almost positive there's not sequels. There's just a remake. Yeah. So, um... I, I'll say I'm positive. So... Yeah, I think he's kind of like a weak killer and where they, I would say they kind of intentionally left it off that we don't want to completely put it out of the question that there could be a sequel. I think they knew kind of like, let's just, we're not going to plan that far ahead. (laughs) Like, let's make it seem like, yeah, he kind of just like got trapped in a cave. cave. Because that's what I thought. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's... In the mind. I feel like ending the movie like that is like effective i feel like it's like that's a good ending i think yeah i like i like ending. these like slasher movies that only got one installment mm-hmm. and didn't have a franchise because you think about like the big slasher movies and they there's so much baggage with all of the different movies and like trying to fit all these different directors vision for the franchise into like one timeline and a plot and everything. Yeah. It's sometimes nice to have these more micro standalone stories. Like there's this and there's like Madman, <laughs> Which we definitely have to the talk Burning about. And like mm-hmm. all these other movies. Mm. That's true. Maniac. So it's a good uh, break from the yeah, because we've been really into <laughs> watching Friday the Thirteenth and Tyson's Chainsaw, which like we love. But like the problem with franchises sometimes is that you think about everything together instead of each individual movie, but you don't even have that choice with like My Bloody Valentine. You just have what's there, and it's this one movie to go by. And you review it based on that, you know, whereas you could be like, I like this movie in Friday the 13th because Jason's like this this time and Mm -hmm. that's my favorite kind of Jason or something. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's, you're right. So if our podcast is going to be called Murders Per Gallon of Popcorn, then we definitely are going to be emphasizing the murders <laughs> in each movie that we do. So, And this one has a lot of murder. <laughs> what is it, 10? 10 total. So let's just go through them. And then after we go through them... Um, we'll award the best yeah. murder. Yeah. Maybe there will be a tie. Who knows? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Number one, unnamed woman gets stabbed through the heart with a pickaxe. It's assumed her heart is in the first box revealed by the mayor. So this one, I really like this one. Yeah. It's, you don't know why this chick is in the mine because that's a rule. You find, there's some, a character says at some point in this movie, women aren't allowed in the mines. I think it was Hollis. (laughs) (laughs) But... Women, TJ, women aren't allowed in the mines. So, apparently that's a rule, which seems antiquated. 
But anyways, there's one in the mine at the beginning of the movie, and she gets killed after getting her boob honked mm-hmm. and uh, pickaxe through the tattoo heart through the real heart. <laughs> so, which I feel was maybe uh, the goriest on screen. De- like we see her get stabbed through. You and see I it think, poke through, yeah. and he's pushing it. It's it gets to be iconic because it's the opening sequence yeah it just is like what i'll think about when i think about this movie i think it's it's good but it's so short true murder number two mabel gets attacked in the laundromat and dies by an off-screen stab with the pickaxe her charred body is found by jake stuffed in a dryer i liked um the okay so I think I've said this earlier, but what my favorite part of the kills of this movie is, it's not so much like the actual on-screen death, because a lot of the actual murders or stabbing moments, like, happen off-screen, and it's very implied that they were, like, stabbed or whatever, but every, it's like the body reveals are, like, scary and the gore with that like they just flash an image of the dead body mm -hmm. real quick it's like almost a way around showing the murder yeah so but still being gory yeah um so that was that was a good one definitely notable for the first death well the second death i guess for the second death it's very noticeable. well also it gets um more points because it's like the old lady and she's Mm -hmm. just like kind of innocent and sweet and she thinks that she's getting a box of chocolates from her crush who is the mayor right uh her crush is um the police officer okay but i don't know she has kind of flirty vibes with both of them but but (laughs) you find out later that whenever the male that she had a crush Jake. on gets a he gets an actual valentine from, from her right before he gets murdered right no he doesn't the mayor and the uh policeman never died they just okay, like okay. are the ones that are the only fucking ones that know about this shit going on and don't tell anyone but he does get a valentine from mabel and it's really sad but um so she thought he was reciprocating. Yeah. But no, you were getting killed. For no reason, really. Why did she need to die? Well, because she was, like, I guess she was, she was the, the venue. <laughs> she was the venue of the dance. Because I guess there's a rec room in the laundromat. <laughs> she was trying to put it together, What I is think. this, like, a VFW hall? Like, <laughs> what kind of open use space <laughs> YMCA <laughs> alright the third kill is the bartender and this one's fun cause he's trying to pull a prank on the kids by like getting a full <laughs> minor suit and like setting it up so that it's like kind of like a puppet like that's like gonna like lean out and stab you or whatever completely absurd and he keeps he literally probably opens the door and like laughs at his little gag maybe five times and then he just like he's being like should i do it again he <laughs> and he does it like one last time and the actual killer comes out um 
and and it's so you it's so predictable yeah you're like okay the killer's gonna kill this yeah (laughs) but he does it a lot he keeps looking (laughs) um and he gets a pickaxe to the head i don't remember if we see that or if it's just implied i think we see it from behind Mm. and it's like in the dark like a silhouette yeah pickaxe going into his head so then we get into more teen kills (laughs) so the fourth kill is dave um who is (laughs) Our, he uh, gets drowned and scalded in a pot of boiling hot dog water. God. His heart is then cooked alongside a large batch of beef franks. One of the girls at the party finds it later, thinking it is a joke. And um, one of the guys from the party opens the fridge and Dave's body is stuffed in there. But no one notices it because they're all like preoccupied and talking. So, um, yeah, he like grabs a beer yeah. from the fridge but doesn't notice Dave's like head. That was a fun one. Yeah, I liked that one a lot. We- and that one <laughs> just when he like goes into the back room, there's this pot of like boiling water that's seemingly been boiling in there forever. Like, maybe that just is, like, a feature of the kitchen is this boiling pot of hot dog water. Like, maybe the hot dogs have been there for 40 years or something. <laughs> maybe since, since Harry last, Warden. Yeah. Since the last Harry, Valentine's Day. Yeah, days. like, they were going to eat those hot dogs at the first Valentine's or the last Valentine's Day club. <laughs> I, I really liked the vibe of just, like, these party goers, like, dipping into the kitchen to grab some hot dogs from the boiler. I don't know why, but that just seems so Canadian. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's like the, to me, that must be like the uh, equivalent of having a jar full of like pickled eggs on like a counter and you just grab one. Is that, uh, (laughs) is that the American version of that? (laughs) Is that what Americans are supposed to do? Yeah. Anyways, yeah, Our next... face right into the hot dog yeah. water. That one was satisfying because I kind of saw that boiling water and I was mm-hmm. like, please, God, let this man drown in the hot dog water. And then he did. <laughs> Thank you, God. I was che- I was cheering on <laughs> from the moment I saw the hot dog water. I was like, God, please let that be what's about to happen. Um, so then <clears throat> our next victim is Sylvia. Um, a girl who is making out with her boyfriend in the mine. She was impaled by a shower head after being trapped by a bunch of like repelling miners' suits. Um, dropping from the ceiling. She it had like pushes a... her head onto. Yeah, the he shower. the guy just like pushes her. Scre- she's screaming, and he just like pushes her onto the oh, shower that head. That one's good too. And that we don't see that happen. But her boyfriend discovers her body and we see like kind of like from a profile, but like we don't see her eyes or like details of her face, but we see her profile of her head kind of and her mouth is obviously open around the shower head and the shower is spurting out water like so it's like it's like through her head. It's like she's projectile vomiting. (laughs) Yeah, Um, which is fucking 
gnarly. The yeah. bo- okay, I can't I fucking express enough how like cool all of these like body reveals are. Um then um so then after she's discovered, then we get into the like full on mind time kills. So Michael and Harriet are a sexually active couple that goes off um I don't really remember this one. Yeah, it happened off screen. Um, so, and basically, they, like, disappear very early. They're just, like, minor characters. Um, but they are... Hollis, when he, like, separates Mm -hmm. from the group, discovers their bodies, and they both were impaled, like... Very Friday the 13th style where you're just, like, both fucking and then, like, one... It's, like, a two-for-one special. Yeah, that um, must have been some kind of reference, maybe. Yeah, they were uh, impaled think, by a large drill bit off screen. I think that scene is one of the ones that was cut the most. Yeah? I think I... Yeah, I, I just sent you a thing, actually, that oh. talks about it, like, earlier, but... Yeah, a, a lot of this, the kills were cut in this movie, apparently. and Yeah, like 10 minutes of it or they something. They mentioned drilling. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine that would be pretty gruesome. Yeah, but I would have liked to see it. <laughs> I mean, apparently that cut exists somewhere, but they, it just has never been released, mm. to my knowledge. Any listeners, if you are well-connected in Canadian horror, Canadian minor horror, and can get us an uncut version of My Bloody Valentine, us, email us at <laughs> popcorn at gmail.com. Alright, so then the next kill is our boy Hollis. This is the most disappointing kill. Yeah, he um, gets attacked by a miner who uses a nail gun to drive two large nails into his head and he like it is able to run all the way to Sarah and to his girlfriend them. to kind of warn them uh, before he collapses and dies. So disappointing for such a king then um we don't see his death on screen i think but i want to know your opinion on this craig so as um there's a scene where axel patty sarah and tj are climbing up a ladder because um they're trying to like escape from the mine that way mm-hmm. and howard howard's body falls like but he's on a rope and hung and according to imdb like he's decapitated when his body falls with the rope is he dead already i feel like he's dead he doesn't yell or anything to my in my memory i don't even really remember this but I don't remember him separating from everyone else. He ran away, like, basically after Hollis died. He was like, fuck this. He was, and he dipped. So then it was just, like, the two girls were left, and then Axel I mean, them, and then... if I had to guess, I would say that it would make more sense for him to be thrown off a cliff 
hanging to be mm-hmm. like hung mm-hmm. like he's alive and thrown off the cliff to be hung and then it's decapitated in the process but yeah. <clears throat> if you didn't hear a scream then maybe he i mean you would definitely scream in that scenario yeah. I feel like his death was the most disappointing for him being, like, the most annoying character, like... Yeah, not very satisfying. It probably would have been more satisfying to see him, like, I don't know, like, he he starts the movie with, like, a gag where his head's all bloody and stuff, like, maybe getting hit in the head with a pickaxe, I don't know. Yeah, he was kind of asking for it. Um, and then our last death is, um, Patty... Who gets, uh, their, her and Sarah are running up the, I think she's with TJ too. Whatever. Patty's running up and basically, um, the killer comes from a side area and swings a pickaxe and hits Patty in the stomach and that's how she dies. And that are, those are all the kills and I will say, like, for the mine to be like a you know a cool a crazy cool setting the kills in the mine are probably the most disappointing kills agreed i agree with that the rec room outside of the mine is the coolest yeah but oh besides the first one obviously but yeah but when they go into the mine it's not Mm -hmm. it, it gets it's just so quick and yeah, I don't know. Um, it, this movie has good kills, but they could be better yeah. in a lot of ways. Like thinking about it, um, I feel like there's more mine-related ways that these people could have been killed. Mm-hmm. Like when you think about it, it's just pickaxe, and then the other ones are just like hot dog water getting shoved in a dryer. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like, what are the some nail gun is kind of like, I imagine a nail gun would be yeah. on site at a mine mm-hmm. because they need to build little structures or whatever. But like, I don't know. They keep talking about the methane. Like, yeah. I imagine an explosion. There were no mm. explosions in this movie except for at the beginning. I guess it's implied that there's an explosion, mm. but not really shown. And then the mine collapses. Yeah, the mine collapses. At so, the end, but. Maybe an explosion, maybe, like, someone falling off a cliff or, like, something breaking or, like, Um, a piece of rock falling. The, like, there's, like, a little train elevator thing. It would have been cool to see someone, like, get decapitated by that or something, like, some kind of accident. Well, not accident, some kind of, like, purposeful, like, kind of, like thing where they get run over so while we're talking about what could have been (laughs) with the kills and such i also want to talk about how going into this movie completely blind no idea what to expect seeing that first scene and knowing that the title of the movie is my bloody valentine valentine's day love sex and seeing them about to have sex and then he kills her mm-hmm. and she's like stroking the like tube that comes from his gas mask or whatever i was imagining much more sex much more of like a valentine's day yeah. related motive like he 
has some relationship mm-hmm. issue or something or like is a fetishist or yeah. something like i kind of wanted to see more of that fetish direction with the True. valentine's day theme yeah. what would you say was your favorite kill um i i want to maybe exclude the first one because i think we're both in agreement that that one's like probably like I would say that one's the most iconic, yeah. and the scene is the best. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the best kill and the most gruesome, and the most like, ugh, like you know when you watch a kill in a movie and you're just like, oh, that's so disgusting, that's terrifying or whatever. The hot dog water probably. Hot dog Imagine water. someone <laughs> pushing your head into a boiling Ooh. pot of water. Yeah. That was the best one, in my opinion, too. Um, for all the reasons we listed, I think we might, we love. It's very obvious that we love the hot dog water the most. <laughs> Imagine going to like Old Stanley's. And yeah, the Mabel <laughs> scene is the ne- is is a the close, Mabel close kill second. is next. Yeah, very close second. Um, and then I would say, um, after that. I would say maybe the bartender. Mm. Mm, I don't know. I think the rest of them not obsessed with Sylvia's death who got impaled with the shower was pretty yeah, scary. I think it, Sylvia it, yeah. out goes beyond the bartender. Yeah, you're right. Um definitely Hollis and Patty. Mm. Like I feel like the kills should have got increasingly more crazy crazy and yeah. gory and like upping the ante mm-hmm. i thought like what we saw at the beginning was just like okay this is just the beginning of the movie it's like what other crazy shit is this guy gonna mm-hmm. do but it wasn't really that way yeah. they kind of yeah but i mean we're well, nitpicking we can set, yeah let's we're let's just segue into sort of like our next little segment, which is our, our last thing, um, does this get a MPGP seal of approval? How many bags of pop... I mean, fucking bags. I keep saying bags and not gallons. How many gallons... Gallon buckets of popcorn. In uh, the rating, we're going to give it... Um, <laughs> So instead of stars, we're going to do like uh, the theme or like a little symbolic thing of the movie. So like Jason's might or Jason Friday the 13th might be like a hockey mask or a machete or something. And like, you know, maybe like uh, Nightmare on Elm Street might be a striped sweater or a fedora. So this one is going to be um, Bloody Hearts in a Chocolate Box. So how many Bloody Hearts in a Chocolate Box out of 10 would you give this and why? And do you recommend this movie to our viewers? Okay, so final thoughts. (laughs) Basically, we're going to give our final thoughts and then say our rating out of 10. Mm -hmm. So... There's a lot to like with this movie, I would say. There's a lot to love (laughs) in My Bloody Valentine. It's not, I would say it's not just a copycat of Friday the 13th or like Halloween. 
it's interesting. It's definitely does its own thing while still like being firmly in this early eighties slasher genre. So pluses for me are the setting, the unique setting, the look of the killer. Um, I like some of the music choices and the cinematography, all of that was there for me. And even some of the acting I was surprised by little moments and the minuses would probably be also some of the acting (laughs) (laughs) and just how much it was cut or the lack of gore. I would like to have seen more gore. I would like for the character to have maybe a little bit more personality. I feel like if they would have just spent a little bit longer developing Axel as a person or his story, there could have been more scenes to make him a more, like, a better killer, you know? They could have included more about Axel to Mm. make you care. Yeah. But that's asking a lot for like yeah. an 80s slasher movie. Yeah. I don't know. I would I would I would put it somewhere in maybe I want to give it seven and a half to eight bloody hearts in a chocolate box out of ten. <laughs> eight seems too high, seven seems a little bit low. Let's yeah. go seven and a half. I would uh, yeah, um, I feel like with this movie, like again, I did. I went into it not really expecting anything. I really did like this movie. Um, I mean, I like, I like this shit. I like horror movies. I thought, I, I thought it was really fun. I thought um, a lot of the characters were good. It had some romance in there a little love triangle some small town drama uh, which i, I, found I wish was that interesting. was i wish the you're right like i wish the love aspect it's like some of the best parts of the movie i wish there was more of it yeah i would have loved to see i don't know i thought i felt like the couple that had the most chemistry was Hollis and Patty. Really? <laughs> yes, they were like they were really cute. But anyways, I digress. My qualms of the movie um I would say are probably just like I wish there was a little I again, fully recognizing this was the 80s and ratings and blah blah blah. Like you know, I just wish there was more on-screen deaths. Like, I would have really loved to see the couple being impaled by a fucking giant drill bit. Like, or just, like, more stuff on screen. But, again, I reiterate this point, which is that what it lacks in on-screen deaths, it makes up for in body count reveals because... That's where, like, the shock factor is, I feel like, for this movie. Um, and, yeah, I agree with Craig that I would have liked to see a little bit more lerve and lerve making. <laughs> so, I would give this, um, I think I would give this a 7.5 
bloody hearts in a chocolate box out of 10 as well because it wasn't it definitely like was a good movie i really liked it i thought it was fun great um but you know it it has its issues no movie's perfect so yeah that's kind of where i'm at and i definitely want to watch it like every valentine's day now yeah or around in every february oh is that our new tradition it could be our new tradition cute <laughs> i love stuff like that also like there's not a lot of valentine's day non-romance movies mm-hmm. so. yeah. <laughs> this is true i feel like uh what yeah. other movies setting is valentine's day but it's like a war movie or like a horror movie yeah i, I mean know. to our listeners <laughs> valentine's day themed movies that aren't romance it's just an interesting uh setting for yeah. a slasher movie valentine's day horror yeah i just that something that i love so much about slasher movies like just in general is that it's like taking it's taking just, like, a general idea and then just being, like, okay, so, like, what if we just had, like, someone mass killing in this context? Like, so I really like that they just, like, kind of went there with this, like, okay, so we got, like, this guy that, like, is killing a fuck ton of people on Valentine's Day, but the whole town, for some reason, is fucking obsessed with Valentine's Day. I've never, like... The last time Valentine's Day was, like, a big thing, like, where people would, like, celebrate it was, like, in elementary school when they would do, like, a fucking, like, shoebox. Would you decorate Mm -hmm. shoeboxes and stuff? I love that shit. But, like, it just, like, the whole, my whole town didn't do that. But, I don't know. That's, I guess, in a small mining town in Canada, there's not, not much else to do, but... I don't know. That was kind of a weird tangent. I would put this in the... I, I would consider this a classic. Yeah. I would say... I, I'm i even starting to question if my rating is too low. Because I really like this movie a lot. I really like the character design. Yeah. And the setting. I think that is where it shines. It could be better. It wasn't, though. <laughs> <laughs> Seven seven and a half bloody chocolate, bloody maybe hearts seven, and chocolate Maybe boxes. seven point... Uh, seven five. Seven five. <laughs> seven and three quarters of a... Of a... Bloody beat. heart in a chocolate box. <laughs> hours, hours out of the body. <laughs> 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 and an old lady in a laundry. <laughs> in a dryer. All right, y'all. I think uh, we're gonna we're gonna call this a wrap. So yeah, I think this went great, and uh, yeah, uh, I hope everyone has a very happy Valentine's Day. Um, however you choose to celebrate it, hope that you get to eat lots of. I hope that when you open a box of chocolates, that you don't get a human heart, um, and that is my wish for you. <laughs> is that it (laughs) okay signing off alright this has been the 
MPG Murders per Gallon of Popcorn Podcast, Episode One. Good night. <laughs>